I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hi, welcome hey. to our third episode of Let's Get Relational. So excited that you have uh, decided to join us on this journey. Um, so today we're moving on to our third topic since it is the third episode. Um, <laughs> and um, our topic of the day is boundaries. Um, so boundaries are probably another, all of these things are really important. So it's just another important thing that we're going over um, uh, in your relationships that's really going to help you be able to take a stand for yourself, um, be able to um, kind of create distance if needed or kind of remove some neediness or clinginess between you and another person because I know there's a lot of people that are that way <laughs> um, and so we're, we're just going to be um, talking about boundaries of how to be compassionate of, with your boundaries as well because um, you can be I like to think that there's kind of a two categories of boundaries sometimes there's like really hard boundaries that you set where no one gets to cross that and some softer boundaries where you don't necessarily want it to be crossed but some there's depending on the situation that like you you can allow a little bit of nudging in one of the places where i worked once we said if you're going to work here you have to be a little bit more like gumby um and with your boundaries you've got to be a little more flexible because the environment was uh, was fast and it was moving so quickly mm -hmm. and if you were super rigid it just wasn't going to work in that mm -hmm. environment so you didn't need to work there if you were you needed to be super rigid but if you could be a little bit more flexible with some of it then um you could have a really good result so we want to talk about all kinds of boundaries so there are cases where you're gonna to have to have that rigid boundary yeah and yeah. cases where you're gonna be a little bit more like gumby and a little more flexible mm -hmm. yeah yeah so the first thing we wanted to talk about today was really knowing where you begin and where the other person ends or where you end and the other person begins really um so it, and and that's specifically in relationships where there's some sense of like either some really intense dependency where the person is has latched onto you and I, I mean like emotionally like sunk something into you and are, are in a way they've hooked you up with like metaphorical electric cords to get all of their needs met through you. Those energy vampires. Yeah. The, yeah. the ones who just kind of suck the life out of you because they don't have enough inside themselves mm -hmm. so they're taking your energy to fuel themselves. Yeah, so they've, they've latched onto you, and so they're getting all their needs met through you. Um, and that's emotional. It may not always, if it's a friend, it may not always be physical needs, but they might be wanting and asking for more physical needs to be met, like uh, some like platonic physical affection. But um, for that, for those people, they want you to be like everything to them all the time. Um, and in that scenario that it's not easy if you're wanting to maintain boundaries or if you understand that maybe they've gone through a traumatic past or something like that. And so that you're wanting to be compassionate and kind to them, but that doesn't mean that you, they, they just get to latch onto you and drain you of all of your energy to meet their own needs. Like they can't use you to fill the void that's inside of them. That doesn't create a healthy relationship. Well, the thing is, sometimes you like that uh, because it gives you a, a sense of being needed and wanted and valued. 
So you're getting your needs met by being everything to somebody else. And so there's, there's a time in, in your life, and hopefully it's now for most of you, if you haven't done it already, where you really need to look at how am I showing up? Yeah. Am I um, enough in myself? Mm -hmm. Or do I need to get my identity met by somebody needing to live through me? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of us who are older have had a lot of experiences with this. And then I think for those of you who are younger, you've had less experience, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, very intense of learning where somebody else wants to like suck you dry and where you get your identity needs met by being that person for them. Mm -hmm. um, we both know lots of people that either want to do the sucking dry mm -hmm. or they love being needed in that way. It gives them their identity. Mm -hmm. And so it's, so for some people it might just be you're figuring out how to set a boundary that's with this person that's decided to latch onto you. And like for others, it's looking at, okay, what what am I what's my identity need that's being met through being this this person this everything to this person um because that in that kind of relationship that creates codependency and that's just that's not easy because then you're kind of it gets muddled in like um like where you're taking where they're taking and it's not so much a give relationship it's more if you're both taking from each other and then it, there's not always a lot of communication about that. Um, so that just can get a little precarious. It's a precarious situation. Um, so it's it's important to be able to establish boundaries with maybe a friend that's like that. If you're someone that's like, wait, this is, you're needing a little too much from me. Because I've experienced that personally where um, uh, someone I knew, um, a, a friend of mine kind of, in a sense did latch on to me not in all of the ways but they they wanted me to be their like emotional partner is what it felt like because they they couldn't really find someone for themselves and so i was and i'm very a very empathetic individual and i want to support people um and sometimes it can be to my own detriment and i know this um and so this person ended up kind of latching on to me in that sense trying to get all of their emotional needs needs met and so it kind of felt like I was trying, they were tr like, they wanted me to be their emotional partner and that's not healthy either. Um, so it's, so they, they want you to be everything in either all the ways or in, in one way that's like crossing a boundary. So for that, that particular friendship, it was like they were crossing a boundary and wanting to be, wanting me to be more emotionally invested than I really needed to be in a friendship. Like I didn't want to date them and, but I just wanted to be friends, but they wanted the dating romance going on. I was like, eh. <laughs> so yeah great example so that actually takes us to our next point um which is you don't need to be a super blank and i mean i mean super friend super partner super girlfriend super boyfriend super mom super dad like super daughter super daughter super son super child because some people are non-binary so <laughs> it's important um just super whatever like who you are to this person and that's basically means when you're trying to be all of the things to the person all of the time and no one can sustain that no one no one's really a superhero in that regard where you have all of the energy all of the time to do everything that is needed both emotionally mentally and physically for one and a person 24 7 it's just not gonna work it's not sustainable 
Well, and there are some people that love that, that mm -hmm. would love for you to be that person for them. Mm -hmm. And some of you may actually get your identity needs met again by being that super person. But we both really maintain that it's not sustainable mm -hmm. um, and that it creates an opportunity for you to be resentful mm -hmm. um, and that you're doing this to get something. It's one thing when you're being super giving mm -hmm. um, in order to, to just be super giving because that's the way you are. Uh, both of us are very generous people. We're yeah. very giving and we have really good boundaries. We're really clear about this whole emotional dating kind of thing, like like being your emotional partner when it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have dinner with you five times a week. I don't want to walk with you every single day of the week. I want to mix up who I have in my life. And that keeps the relationship fresh. Now, if I were in a romantic relationship, I would absolutely want to have some time every day when I were uh, was connecting with that person but not in the way of being um, a super partner. I want that to be that time when I get to talk about what's going on with me and they get to talk about what's going on with them and that neither of us have to show up as the super partner. And you know, sometimes one person needs more support than the other. Uh, that's all really normal. But the thing to, to start looking at in your relationships is who the people are in your life that want more and more and it's never enough. And that's the, it's the never enoughness, I think, that um, most of us get really triggered by. Um, I, and I know I've been in relationships where uh, that's really been my trigger, and I've had to like take a big step back and say, okay, who am I, who am I in this relationship, and what do I want this relationship to look like? And is it a reciprocal relationship where we both want to put things in, um, we both want to be givers, and we both want to be receivers? Mm -hmm. uh, because what was big for me was to learn how to receive. I learned how to be a big giver. My mom was the ultimate in being a giver um, to her detriment. You know, so we, there were five kids. We would all have good shoes, but my mom would be walking around with holes in her shoes. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not good either. You know, I, I do believe in putting your children first in a lot of ways, but um, taking care of you is super important. Oh, yeah. Like, so as we keep saying, you are the most important person in your life. Like, you need to be first. That doesn't mean that, like, you have to be first all of the time because then you cross the line of being self-absorbed, and that's not <laughs> too great either. Um, but, like, when you're upset or you're feeling down and, like, people expect things from you, you have to decide, like, okay, do I have the energy to do this? Yeah. Or do I need to take a minute for myself? Yeah. And like that, that's what we mean by prioritizing yourself is taking care of your, your emotional needs and your mental needs, um, for when you need to just unwind or relax or something and not deal with like other people. Now for, if you're more of an introverted or an extroverted person, that's going to depend. I mean, um, for introverted people more likely going to need that alone time versus an extroverted person. But it's just what works best for you and, and how do you prioritize yourself in, in that regard. Um, but that's what's important about um, being the super person <laughs> to someone is that it's, it's just you can't expend all of that energy all of the time. You're going to need a break. And so when you need the break, it's, it's what do you do for yourself, but also like how is that other person going to respond? Like if they're getting all of, if you're doing all of the things, all of the things for them all of the time, like that's going to be almost like a slap in the face to them when you need a break because you're going to need a break eventually. Um, yeah, so. I, I remember years ago I was in a, a relationship. Um, it was actually with her other mom. And um, it was before she was born. 
and I, I was feeling really uh, exhausted by everything. And this friend of mine who's a therapist looked at me and said, well, what are you getting out of it? You wouldn't be doing it if you weren't getting something out of it. I was so mad and I was so offended and he was so right. And it was like, oh, I was trying to be super mom, super partner, super business person. Mm -hmm. I was trying to excel at everything in my life and I was becoming resentful. And I was feeling like I was giving, giving, giving and not getting much back in uh, the family relationship. And I had to really look at what was my point? What was I trying to get? Where were my identity needs being met? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was it was it was hard to look at it and to yeah. really really like own what was going on in the relationships. And now I'm I'm at a place in my life where I had a friend who needed an emergency place to stay for a night, and um, I was tired. And I said, "Sure, you can come over, but I'm really tired. I'm going to bed soon." And in past parts of my life, I would have stayed up till all hours just listening to to the drama and um, helping solve the problem. And I didn't feel like I had to do it. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's a huge transition for me to feel like in my, with my super close friendships, I, I'm going to always be there and be available when I can. Mm -hmm. There are times when I can't be available and that has to be okay in our relationships. Mm -hmm. We can't have all of our eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. I can't be dependent on any one friend, a partner, my daughter. Uh, none of those things are really healthy. It, it creates a the codependency sort of deal. But that move like perfectly sets up our next point which is being accountable to yourself and being aware and responsible of what you're tolerating in your life about with your boundaries because um like the, the like for example going back to the same friend that i have like she got to the point where she felt like she could do that with me being seeing me as a an emotional partner because I wasn't quite aware of that and I just sort of let that happen even though I knew that she oh she was starting to ask more and more of me emotionally but I didn't set up a boundary so like then it got to the point where oh wait this isn't this isn't comfortable this isn't comfortable um this isn't what I wanted but because I wasn't being, I wasn't really aware and I wasn't being responsible for like, oh, this is kind of taking a, a little too much from me right now. Um, but still like trying to be there because I wanted to be supportive friend that it got to the point where like, oh, now they're needing too much from me. And I, and I hadn't set that boundary earlier. So there's, there's also like being aware of where you might be giving too much to someone because if you give too much to someone and they keep asking for you, or if you give a lot to someone and they keep asking that of you, there is, that's just how they're gonna roll. Like they're just gonna keep wanting that. Um, if you, if you are, it, they're like doing that to other people or they've just decided that you're the person that they're gonna try to get that out of. Um, so it's important like, and, and, and the thing is like, I have another friend who has experienced this with a friend of theirs um and you in in a sense of not being responsible for like handling the support that they she, she needed to give to this friend um and uh, she eventually learned that she needed to set a boundary for that so you don't have to like set a boundary immediately you just have to be aware and like think about okay is this person asking a lot of me all the time and if so should I set a boundary? Do I need to set a boundary um, with that kind of person? But what we've said a lot is that the first thing starts with your own awareness and your own consciousness yeah. of what you're bringing to the relationship. So in uh, certain relationships, 
you become very unconscious and you mm -hmm. give and give and give or you receive and receive and receive and you don't really think about what you're doing. And um, we were talking about one of your friends who, you know, you always thank them when they're generous and they do things yeah. and then other friends don't. Um, you know, they don't even acknowledge that the person has given something to them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge who we are to each other and to um, be gracious and kind and compassionate mm -hmm. uh, and appreciative yeah. of what we get in those relationships. And I want to talk a little bit about tolerations. It's one of the most important things is to really look at where you're tolerating um, wimpy boundaries and mm -hmm. where you're tolerating rigid boundaries where you feel pushed out um, from intimacy. Because strong boundaries don't mean you're not going to have an intimate relationships. And, and I don't mean intimacy, sexual intimacy, though certainly that's um, another subtopic we could get into at some point. But just personal intimacy, and mm -hmm. it's like emotional intimacy. And uh, in order to have really strong, healthy intimacy, there has to be a sense of boundaries of like, I know how far I can go, but I'm not walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing, you know, we've talked about a little bit, um, and there's a, a personal development thing I'm doing right now where um, I made a list of all the things that made me feel really good and expansive and a mm -hmm. list of all the things that made me really small. And I realized there were some relationships I was tolerating some weak boundaries and some other relationships where I was tolerating rigid boundaries where I just felt like kept out here. And so what I've come from with that, come to with that, is that all those relationships are fine in my life. Uh, and it doesn't mean I have to not be friends with them. Mm -hmm. It means I just have to have an awareness of where that person fits in that um, uh, part of my life and not feel like anybody has to be the perfect person. Nobody has to be the um, person who gives all the time. Nobody has to be the person that receives from me all the time but a, a really great reciprocal kind of relationship conversationally, being able to depend on each other, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. That, those are the things that are important to me. Yeah, it's important where, where the relationship is a, is a two-way street. And also um, where you feel like you can ask for things. Because that's the other thing about toleration is like, can you ask this person for something? Um, if you need help, can you ask for that of the other person? Um, and if you don't feel like you can ask for ask them for what you want and what you need, then you have to look at, okay, then what's wrong in this relationship? Why don't I feel like I can do that? Is it because your role has always been you're giving to them all the time? And so for you to ask for them to give you something is like blasphemy? Um, or is it, it, or do you feel like they just don't have the emotional capacity to, add, to, to be there for what you need? Um, do you like, so it just, there's a sense of awareness. You need like an awareness of like understanding the person of like, and so you have to think about that relationship and be like, okay, so what am I tolerating here? And if I can't ask for what I need, well, why can't I? What, what's with, what do I see or feel about the other person that makes my gut tighten up? Be like, no, I can't do this. Do you, or is it going to, some people, maybe you might think they're going to get really angry and like run away from you, you know, run away from the relationship. And that's not fun to feel either. So, um, it's, it's being, looking at that too, for, for what you're tolerating, because it's important, like for you to be able to ask for what you want and for what you need from your relationships, you know, and that's the thing. You don't have to need everything from everyone. Like there are certain things that you're going to get out of certain relationships with other people. And so that's why, like, I have certain friends that I'll go ask advice from. And then I'll have certain friends that I just want to goof around with. That we, we have, 
there's, and so like we're, we might have some deep conversations on the occasion, but it's not so much that I'm seeking advice from them. It might be more I'm the advice giver in those relationships. But um, it, you just have, you can have different people for different things that you need emotionally. You don't have to have it all for one person. Yeah, and I think a lot of people try to put all of their needs in a, a romantic relationship into mm -hmm. that person. That person is supposed mm -hmm. to be able to meet every need you have. And it's just not realistic. Uh, you know, and it's like you might have fallen in love with somebody who doesn't like to hike and you love to hike every day. Well, you can still be in love with that person, but just not hike every day. And so we have to really look at the things that are um, requirements for our friendships and our romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And we also need to realize that we can help our friends learn uh, and our other relationships, uh, learn how to be in the relationship a little bit differently if it's mm -hmm. important to us. When I was in college, I realized that I needed to teach my mom certain ways of relating to me because I was so uncomfortable that she would you know, this is back in the days where I had to like call home collect kind of thing. And she would never ask me about myself. Now I know my mom loved me to pieces. She just loved me. There's not a question in the world about that woman's love for all of her kids. They're just not. Um, but I would go through an entire conversation and she would be just telling me about herself or her illness or a family or whatever. And finally I would say, well, are you going to ask about me? And it's like, so rather than being resentful and pissy and decide I couldn't be in that relationship anymore, I thought, I love my mom. I want to be in a relationship with my mom, but I want her to learn to ask me about me. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It worked. And mm -hmm. um, in my family, we didn't say I love you. We didn't like kiss on the cheek. We didn't do any of that stuff. So I started doing it. And my entire family does it now. And when we were young, that just wasn't the way we were. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was really important to me as I raised Sarah for her to feel really loved, for her to hear it, for her to feel it physically and you know have affection and all of that. Um, and I learned that my family could learn new ways of relating. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I forget that, um, that as, as a, a younger person, we just didn't do that. Uh, you didn't say I love you. And now, and then I, I don't know when it happened, high school or college, I started like always hugging and kissing goodbye and, um, saying I love you and at the end of phone calls and things like that so don't feel like no matter what the relationship is whether it's with an older parent or a younger sibling or anything else both people have to be willing but it's possible to change like the radio relationship is right now if you're not happy with it it doesn't have to be that way yeah but the beginning of knowing where your boundaries are mm -hmm. is to know what you want what you're bringing to it and how you're being uh, accountable to yourself yeah for identifying what you want and being responsible for where you're uh, accepting tolerations. Yeah, where, where you're accepting the things that you don't necessarily want in your relationship that are happening. Yeah. So, and being able to talk to the other person about making that a very clear boundary. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next thing we want to talk about is compassionate boundary setting. Like, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Like, we're big on being kind and compassionate. Mm -hmm. And like, we're not perfect, trust me. No, we still got upset over things. I was just upset this weekend. <laughs> um, but uh, but at the same time, like I, I let myself feel whatever it is I needed to feel. I, I cried a bit, you know, I pouted on my couch. I felt a little pathetic for a little while. Like I just, but I, I knew. This wasn't about me, by the way. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, no, it wasn't related to my We'd mom. be perfectly willing to have that conversation about it here if it were, but in this case, it was time, not. it wasn't. But um, no, so I just, I allowed myself to feel what I needed to feel. And then I went 
to then after I like had comforted comforted myself a bit then I was able to talk to the other person in a constructive way about hey this is this has been upsetting me um uh it's really important that this is fixed or else this relationship we have isn't just gonna work um and I was very clear about that but I didn't I wasn't trying to be like yo you got a problem you gotta fix it now or else I'm bailing on you or something or something like that. Like, I don't want to do that. I w always want to give the, the person the opportunity to take the initiative to make the effort. If they've made the, made the, um, made the effort previously, if they've just continued to be like, they just need, might need a little bit more pushing in, in some ways, if, if they're not necessarily used to communicating in that, that manner, but I know people can learn. So giving them the opportunity to learn. And so I had a conversation. It went very well. I was, I was scared to have the conversation, but it went really well because I had processed what I needed to process and then being able to come in and set this boundary of like, you need to talk to me. Complicated boundary. Yeah. Right? I, I, I need <laughs> communication. I, yeah. I don't need you to be a certain way. <laughs> I just need you to talk to me. Yeah, and it's like that's, that's that's really that's literally what it came down yeah. to is like I just need you to talk to me. I need you to let you to let me know when you're busy and you don't want to talk, or when you or just when you don't want to talk, or you want to set time aside for your friends. Like, just let me know instead of me having to sit there and twiddle my thumbs and be like, oh god, what's going on? When you're being when your responses are weird, because again, I didn't want to make any assumptions. But in a thing like that, I know for me, I start making assumptions. So I was like, yo, just please talk to me and communicate. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do when you feel like you you have a, a boundary with somebody and then that boundary is crossed? What happens for you when you feel like it hasn't been respected? So for me, I, as I do with processing emotions, um, I take a little bit of step back. Um, and if I'm feeling upset, spaghetti about it. Um, I'll like take a second and be like, okay, why am I upset about this? What's causing the upset? Like, is it because um, it didn't feel like, it feels like they weren't respecting me or if they were degrading me or something or something like that, then I can process it. And then just, just either if it was like over text or a conversation, I don't, I always don't always want to confront them immediately if I need to process a little bit more, but I can just be like, Hey, can I talk to you for a hot second? And then just say, Hey, that wasn't really cool. Like I didn't. That didn't make me feel great by what you did and like yeah you know the interesting thing um generationally like i typically don't work things out via text but i watched you last week mm -hmm. work out via text yeah when you felt like a boundary had been crossed and um so for those of you who are in the younger generation or those of you who are like massive texters you love communicating via text i love in-person connection if yeah. i can have it number one during the COVID times that's much harder um <laughs> But if I can have a direct conversation, because I feel like there's less to um, misconstrue, less to mm -hmm. uh, be confused about in terms of people's reactions. Um, the good thing about texting, though, in some ways, is you can have your big reactions, and then you can uh, let go of all of that, and then text what you really mean, rather than being reactive. You're going to be yeah. responsive. So that yeah. is one of the nice things about doing the texting. But I was amazed at you doing an entire thing where you worked out something where it was a pretty big yeah, deal. Yeah, it was just all straight over text. But part of it was the boundary was crossed like over a text message. So like they sent out a text and it had crossed a boundary and I just, and it was in a group chat, which is always fun when that happens. But I had I immediately went and texted them, respecting me like, yo, 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 yo. Like 
you that wasn't cool like and just and explain why it wasn't cool and being like I get where you were coming from but like these are the th reasons why that wasn't cool can you please not do that again well and I, I just want to point out in that particular case it was that you had shared something with them individually yeah and then they put it into a group text they assumed um, that I had told the yeah. other friends in our group and I was like uh no I hadn't so yeah. if you're if I tell you something usually it's just I tell I'm telling you in confidence so like don't make an assumption that everyone else knows and if you're not sure or if you want to assume that also just check in with me like again I basically what I told this person too was like please communicate with me more because there's also some lack of communication going on with them too so I was like just communicate you, you can talk to me we can have conversations seriously like it's all good so yeah yeah so I think it's really great to um, to be able to look at what your boundaries are because a lot of us don't even know what our boundaries are. We yeah. Don't, we don't know where we end and the other person begins. And um, it's taken a lot of work for me because I grew up in a, a family where um, boundaries were confusing because really it was about survival mm -hmm. um, and making sure, in my case, making sure you didn't get hit. Um, and um, and when somebody else was getting hit, that you like flew under the radar um, and and got to be small. Um, and so that you didn't feel like you were risking anything. And so for me to uh, realize my safety wasn't in jeopardy all the time and that I could say how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and in some cases, people don't like hearing that. Some people feel like you're unfriendly. Some people feel like you're too direct. Some people feel like you're mean. And um, that's why we keep coming back to kind and compassionate communication yeah. and boundary setting. And um, I do the best I can. And if that's not good enough, I, I, I did the best I could. And if that yeah. person wants to come to me and say, in fact, somebody the other day said to me, do you remember when we met? And I said, no, <laughs> they, they were really offended, but I really didn't. And it was about a year ago that we met and um, I was in, uh, we were in an outdoor concert and I was talking to somebody else who I just met that I was sort of kind of interested in. I was curious where it was going. And this is a brand new person I'd never met before. And they just, they just come up and plop themselves down. Hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, hi. And I went back to my other conversation. Now. The kinder, more compassionate me this year might give them a couple minutes of attention, um, but I had not remembered that interaction at all when they unpacked that for me and said, remember this happened, this happened, this, I was like, oh yeah, that was you, I didn't realize that. And then I didn't see them again for a really long time, so I didn't remember that mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to uh, build on that um, and, and repair that. But we, we've been able to have those conversations and say, I thought this about you, and I was like, wow, nobody's ever said that about me. They've called me all these other things, reserved or whatever, mm -hmm. but not unfriendly in that way. Um, and so it was it was interesting. Like, you don't know what's going on with somebody else. Yeah. You can't. So she made a lot of assumptions and mm -hmm. calling me unfriendly when I said, well, the reality is I just met this person. I was kind of checking out. Was I really into, like, exploring potential there? And, um, I, you know, that's happened to me a couple times, even with friendships where you know, I meet somebody and we're like, they're from the East Coast, I'm from the East Coast, and we're like going back and forth, and mm -hmm. other people are like, can we get a word in here? No, I mean, we're, we're having fun, just the two of us, and, mm -hmm. and like, I, I don't wanna do that. So my boundary there is, is that I, I'm okay having this conversation, and um, I'm not responsible for your feelings of feeling left out, um, and don't, don't label me unfriendly because you're having a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, I'm not making headway there, let me go talk to these other people over here. Um, you know, cause I, I used to feel really offended if I couldn't get somebody's attention or somebody, mm -hmm. um, to be interested in a conversation with me. 
Now I'm like, okay, they're not my person. Next. Yeah. No, next is a, a big part for me. Is like, and that helps me with people who are abusing boundaries, people who are not respectful. It really helps me to think, okay, they're not the only person, whether it's um, a, a work client um, or a friendship or mm -hmm. a romantic partner, they're not the only person that I can have a relationship with. So I do my best to work things out mm -hmm. and I don't put all of my eggs into that basket. I don't assume that everything has to get met by that person. Yeah, and the other thing, this also applies to any new relationships you get, like you get into as well. That's just like either a new romantic relationship or just a new friendship even. If like you're noticing that maybe this person is crossing a lot of your boundaries, if you're more aware of, of your boundaries, then you can actually evaluate that friendship earlier on um, instead of, you know, seven years down the line or 20 years down the line of being like, uh, this person does this a lot and that's actually crossing a boundary of mine and I hadn't and I didn't realize why that might what why they kept doing that might have made that uncomfortable um, but like if you're more aware of your current relationships that you've had for a while you could also go into new relationships with that kind of awareness and be able to set those boundaries earlier on and also decide whether you really want to be friends with someone who is like that um, yeah. or, or does that a lot. Um, and you're, can be more aware if like, if they're not willing to have that kind of conversation earlier on, then that might be not, might be, that might not be the kind of person you want to be friends with or in a romantic relationship with, if they don't want to sit there and have a conversation, even if it's just like very casual about like, Hey, you crossed this line a fair amount. And that doesn't really make me comfortable. And like, how dare you say that? Like, I just want to do what is me and whatever. And if they don't want to actually talk to you about it, then that's probably a sign that they're not going to want to talk to you ever about it. So you can also set that boundary earlier on and your related friendships and not feel like you're stuck in that friendship over time, because that can also happen if you're not, if you don't say things early on, then those those little things can start perpetuating and then you're just going into the, the friendship or relationship longer and longer and longer and it's still happening. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was just thinking about different relationships I've had and, and where I've been willing to um, walk on eggshells for a long time mm -hmm. until finally one day I'm like, oh, I can't stand it anymore. I just feel so contracted when I'm around that person because I'm always being so careful to make sure that I, I operate within the very small bounds of, of um, mm -hmm. their comfort level. And so I'm not responsible for other people's comfort level. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for being kind and compassionate and a number of other qualities. When I was sharing what our five pillars were, somebody else says, well, what about this and this? Well, everybody has their pillars of what means great relationships. We're just sharing ours with you. And mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, there are lots of other subheadings under each of the categories oh, that we're gonna okay. talk about. Um, but you know, it's so interesting to see people's response sometimes. It's like, well, that's, they, they wouldn't be mine. I'm like, well, great. We're just talking about the ones that are ours. Yeah. Um, and it's like, tune in if you like it. And if you don't, there's lots of other people out there that you can, mm -hmm. can listen to and, um, and have fun. You know, it's just lighten up in your life. And that, yeah. that's the part. And that the other piece I just wanted to revisit again was the whole section about um, people can have different roles in your life. And it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that they all have to be that inner close, I can um, share openly, it's totally reciprocal, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. They don't all need that place. I was sharing with Sarah that I, I did something alone with somebody recently and I thought, oh, 
I didn't love that that much. And I, I, I enjoy them in a group, but I don't really enjoy them one-to-one. -one. And mm -hmm. part of that was the whole thing about reciprocal communication. Mm -hmm. So I purposely, I, the conversation had waned a little bit and I had been um, asking lots of questions and that person has been sharing lots about their life. Um, and that's kind of what happens to me. I can go into a bar and not know anybody, sit there at the bar, and um, the person next to me will tell me their life story, including things they've never told anybody in their life. Mm -hmm. And so- and this, I also get text messages about this often, <laughs> really often before the pandemic. She doesn't get to go sit at bars now because of the pandemic, but like she would, she would come home and then she would text me and be like, okay, guess what happened? And I'm like, did someone talk to you at a bar again? Like, <laughs> well, and, and I just wanna, I'm not hanging at bars all the time, pre-pandemic or pandemic. Um, but because I live alone and I'm single and I work at home all day, sometimes I just want to go out and like be around people. And so I'll yeah. sit in the bar. I've got, I can sit, I can chat with the people next to me. I can chat with the bartender or whatever. Yeah. So I just want to make a little clarity there. But, yeah, um, no, no. but it's so <laughs> funny. Like people would start laughing. Um, that my friends, like they, they would know it was coming. Mm -hmm. And so then other times when I've had like some stressful work periods, when I wanted to just go and kind of zone out and, and have like, so I'll eat dinner at the bar sometimes when I'm just feeling like I, not anymore, but you know, when I'm feeling like I just want some company, you yeah. know, and um, I, I have to like sit and not have eye contact with anybody or some, people will start talking to me anyway. And it's like, that's where I really learned to set some boundaries because mm -hmm. I, I know for whatever reason, um, I'm the person often people want to just talk to and I do listen pretty well. And um, for a lot of people, they never are heard. Nobody ever listens to them. And honestly, that might be the best gift you can ever give someone to yourself and another person is to honestly listen mm -hmm. and be kind and compassionate and not be always thinking about how you're going to respond, mm -hmm. but within your boundaries of your relationship, your boundaries of who you are, mm -hmm. to be able to share some things and not yeah. expect um, a certain reply. Uh, I don't know, this boundary thing is like such a big piece of everything we it, do. It really is because there's like, there's boundaries you set like, um, like before, like we've set work boundaries, like that we like, cause we're a mom and daughter and we're working together. We have to have like, all right, so we have our mother daughter relationship. We also have to set a boundary where like, I am your boss and like you're working for me relationship too. And so we have to kind of like separate those as well. So it's like, there's, there's really boundaries for, for everywhere in your life. We also just had a conversation um, at dinner with a couple of her friends about um, setting boundaries also within like the workplace when you like get higher up in positions like then you can't be friends with those people that um, are in positions that are below you at least in the hierarchy of like yeah if you're in the kind of business company, where you're yeah. supervising people um, that yeah it gets messy when you're friends and and um, trying to have a personal relationship too mm -hmm. there are some places where that works fine yeah um, but you have to know whether or not that works for you either as the employee or as the employer Mm -hmm. uh, and what the culture of your company is and, and all of that. So I think those are important things. So there, you can set boundaries, like boundaries are set like everywhere and they're not just in relationships. It's also at work too. Um, but that's kind of That goes into like our, the final point that we really wanted to make today, which is going talking about collaboration, <laughs> um, uh, in a pose, in opposition to compromising. Because as we said in our first episode, compromising is more about um, 
uh, finding a solution where someone ends up losing something. It's not like a win-win situation. It's like a lose-win or kind of a lose-lose situation. And in that regard, you can be um, releasing some of your, like a boundary to make someone else someone else happy, happier or happy with the outcome of your conversation because um, if you're not taking a stand for that boundary, basically, if you want them to be happier, if you want the conversation to end and you feel like you have to give up something. So that's why we like collaboration better as a term of when, because that collaborating means you're both working together to find a solution. And that means you're not stepping on anyone's boundaries to get there or making them feel like they have to give up something for, from, for themselves, which is, can be, which is crossing a boundary, honestly. Um, yeah, so can I interject here for a second? Go for it. Um, so we're gonna talk about this in the next episode, but when she was a teenager and I was being mostly a single parent, um, there was a point where I, I said, I, I'm exhausted, I'm working, I'm earning all the money, I'm raising you by myself, and, and um, I, I really need to not have like a lot of um, drama and anger and stuff like that thrown at me. I just don't have the energy, I can't do it. And so she said, well, I need to be able to complain about things if I don't want to do them, but I can do it with a sense of humor. And so that was one of the things we realized, and that's actually one of our pillars of, yeah. of healthy relationships. And, um, and we'll talk about that more next episode, but that was a place where we could get to a win-win because mm -hmm. um, I just couldn't take the assault of anger. And she certainly had a lot because of the you know, breakup of her family and, and lots had gone wrong um, for both of us. And so we both had to find a way that we could get to an even better solution. Mm -hmm. And so the humor was great. You know, and, and she she's funny. She's very funny. Um, she's way Thank funnier you. than I am. Thank you. Um, and uh, so one of the things that was really great, it was good for me, for her to be able to say, Mother, no, I shall not do it. <laughs> Knowing that she would, but she just had to have that freedom to, like, ha expel that resistance. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, come at me a little bit, but in a way that that I could hear and I could hear her resistance, but it still had to be done. And like, and, and the, that was the thing, like I knew I was going to do it. She knew yeah. I was going to do it too. So it, it and, and the funny thing is like, even at 24, I still do that when she asks me to do things, just, just for shits and giggles at this point. Like I still do it. Um, it's kind of like ingrained in part of our relationship it now, is. but that's it something is. that I do. Um, and I, and I literally say it in something like that in a weird voice way. She knows that it's just like, I'm just being a goofball and I just want to complain a little bit, but I don't want to seriously complain. I just want to like humorously complain. And then I just go do the thing that she asked me to do. Um, because, you know, it's not like, um, it, it's, it's just important that you're able to reach a conclusion to whatever the problem is where both people feel really good about it. And that's what compromising doesn't really do. Um, so it's just, it doesn't always feel good for one person or it doesn't feel good for both parties because they had to give up something. And so that's why for collaboration, it's like you're not having to let go of something. And like, and that, and that to me is about crossing a boundary of like keeping your happiness and maintaining your happiness with the relationship that you have. So it was important for the two of us to have that conversation, but for the outcome to be like, she doesn't have to, she can tell me what she needs me to do. And I don't get to, I don't get angry and sort of attack her with my words. Instead, I vent via humorously complaining and then still go do what she needs me to do. So it's less burden on her. But, and so it's, 
So it, may, it, it just released the tension for that kind of situation. Well, and as we've transitioned from our mother-daughter adult-child relationship into an adult-adult mother-daughter relationship, you know, it's been important for me to be able to say, I, I don't want to do that. End of story. And oh, so she did this recently when I was trying to sell like, my car. Um, and I was like, I think I need to get a smog check because for Cal, I, I don't know if for anywhere else, but for California, you, there was something about a smog check for getting right. a... When you're, when, you're car, your car. when you're selling your yeah. car so i was like super confused by it because like i don't know the dmv has like weird phrasing and like sometimes it's really confusing so i like read it once and i was like, i'm pretty sure i need a small check can you check for me and she was like no i don't want to i was like okay we'll go double check it myself i'm just gonna go i'll just go handle it like thanks mom <laughs> thank you for being honest with me well and i wasn't a jerk about it no. you know I, I was like you know what I really don't have the energy right now mm -hmm. it, it's your car you do the work and, and what I suggested that we do is get her a, a membership at AAA so that she could transfer the title of her new car that she was getting so she could learn a little bit about the process yeah and ask them questions um, but I just I don't want to be the hundred percent resource for everything and I remember one time my sister saying to me well you're my Google I said, well, stop making me be your Google and learn to use the computer yourself. And I said it in a nicer way than that. Um, but, uh, you know, it was true. Like, yeah. people will become dependent on you. Mm -hmm. And she's super resourceful. She's very resourced in herself. She, she makes sure to feed herself good food. She um, surrounds herself with positive people. Um, and sometimes still she will default to asking mom to solve a problem. And sometimes I will, and sometimes I'll just ask her a question to help her solve the problem. And that's, uh, usually that's what, that's what the mom is for. But it's is, also mutual is, now. Yeah. Now that we're having an adult mother, an uh -huh. adult mother, adult daughter relationship, um, I'll say sometimes, I, I really want you to uh, tell me what you think about this. Now sometimes I, she, I, she'll tell me what she thinks and I don't agree and I'm, we're done. It's good. She, but she doesn't like have any investment in me doing something because she has that opinion. And so that's part of the collaboration too, yeah, is being able yeah. to each have our opinions, mm -hmm. each have our needs, um, and uh, go from there to like, okay, what do we want to do together? So I would like to do this. You don't want to. All right. So do I find a friend to go do it with? Because I don't want to put all my, like a lot of parents put all the burden on their children to be everything to them. And I'm never going to do that. I never have, never will. And, uh, you know I, know, I know a lot of my friends over the years, um, as we got connected on, on social media, would say, oh, I wish I had your life. You know, I hike and I travel and I do all these things. And, and like, they were sitting around on the couch waiting to die or to see their grandchildren. And I was like, you can have that life. Just get off the couch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so, so for me, I, I want to um, create a life where I'm uh, resourceful and I can find the solutions I want, but also collaborate with her when I want to do something fun together. We've yeah. traveled together very well. Yeah. Um, we do fun projects and we cook together well. Mm -hmm. um, and there are times when she just doesn't want to do something alone. Um, today we were buying something and I said, oh, is it okay if I go look at this other thing? She goes, no. No, I did not say no. At first. No, I didn't say no. I, 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 I made a face. Oh yeah, that was the I same thing. I made a face. <laughs> I said, then... right, you don't like me to leave when you're waiting for something, do you? She goes, no, 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 it's fine. She said, no. I don't want to look over there, so it's good. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted to think and pause, but I, but I often, my thinking face, when, when she first asked me something like that, kind of be like, no, please don't leave me alone here. <laughs> But, um, and she was getting a key made. It wasn't like I was no, leaving her in some. No, no, no. But it was more of like, because she asked me if I wanted to go wander somewhere else while she looked. And I was ultimately like, like you know what, whatever. I'll just wait here 
um, just because it's like there wasn't literally anything I wanted to look at in the store. So, so collaborating, you yeah, know, you got to decide where it's really important. Like, was it important to me that I go look at these things by myself, or was it more important to um, have a collaborative decision where I wait with her and then she comes looks for me and finally says, "Oh no, it's really not that important." It's really not. No, I was go like, ahead. "No, don't worry about it. Go, go, go. Like, yeah. go look at what you want to do. Want to so." Um, but like, that's just like, that's the important thing is just collaborating and like knowing that when, like, you don't have to tell someone like what they need to do sort of thing, everything, you can also taste thing, take things always as, as a suggestion too in your relationship. So that's what, that where, that's where it becomes more of a collaboration, especially with our relationship that when, when we're asking, going to each other now and like asking for advice that we're asking questions and making suggestions. It's not like this is a rule you have to do it. And that's what also brings the ability to collaborate more because we're trying, we're suggesting a better solution for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of wraps it up. You want to recap for us today? Sure. <laughs> I don't know if I can do better than you, but I will try. So, um, so basically we talked about knowing where you end and the other person begins. So kind of looking at um, dependency and codependency in your relationships and where people are latching onto you and whether that's something you're getting out of it, like you're getting an identity made from that, or if it's something that you don't want and being aware of when that's happening for you. And then we also talked about not being the super friend, the super partner, the super child, the super mom, the super parent for anyone because you don't need to be all of the things for one particular person all of the time. But one of the things we did, said about that too was sometimes you are that super person. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's okay. I'm you super don't... mom and she she needs that. And the lower but sometimes it, she's super daughter and yes, I need that. Yes. Or, but not all the time. It's not sustainable. It's not it's not a thing that you do all the time. Yes, some people are going to need you to be that in a certain situation. And that's totally okay. But doing it all the time for one person or a lot of people is just you're gonna burn out and you're gonna just run out of energy. Um, so, and that moves into being accountable to yourself and what you need and what you want from your relationships and also take responsibility for what you're tolerating in your relationship. So being very aware of your boundaries is really important of where you're letting people step on them or where your hard boundaries are, basically where your soft boundaries are that like people can like, you know, push a little bit. And then, um, when someone crosses those boundaries, how ways to be more compassionate, that it's important to be compassionate when um, talking to someone about them, uh, crossing those boundaries and setting those boundaries with people because they might not have known that that was a boundary in the first place. Um, and then lastly, collaboration. Like a win-win situation out of an issue is more important because you can both su suggest solutions that benefit both of you, not just one. And that is why we prefer collaboration over compromise. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So next week will be sense of humor as yes. one of our pillars of relationships. And to just recap on our pillars, our pillars are communication, personal responsibility, boundaries, sense of humor, and commitment. Mm -hmm. And within all of those, there's going to be lots of subgroups that we're going to start talking about some subjects. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, for next time, we'll be talking about sense of humor, yes. which has really gotten us through some of the really difficult times of our life, mm -hmm. um, like our life together and our lives individually. Yep. So mm -hmm. um, until next time, we love you mm -hmm. and we're sending you much, much love and uh, much appreciation. Mm -hmm. Mwah. Mwah.